sis, I'm so grateful right now for this moment because you're about to meet one of my soul sisters, one of the women that inspire me, that empower me, that heals me. And I mean this in so many truths. My sister, my soul sister, Almira is here right now. Oof, Almira, she is an artist. She's a dealer and she's a healer. Yeah, you heard that. You saw you saw that right? You saw that right? I stole that from her. It's on her Instagram. But Almira and I, our other girlfriend, Yvonne, we, she's on the podcast as well, guys. We had a full moon ceremony the other night. And one of the things Almira and I were talking about was her voice and stepping into her voice. So this is a gift for everyone listening right now. Um, this is a gift to Amira. This is a gift to me. This is a gift to you to hear this incredible woman's voice and to have you step into your power, to have you step into your voice on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I honor that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Warm it up, baby. Warm it up, baby. <laughs> it's about to get real. Uh, so you, I want to talk about who you are because you're from Bosnia. You now live in LA. You're an incredible artist. You're an incredible art dealer and you're a healer. There's so many dope things to touch on, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about your childhood and where you come from because when I meet women that aren't from America, I learn so much from them. Their story, the struggle, the path, their journey. And I know you have a journey. Mm -hmm. So coming from Bosnia, what is it like being born and raised as a woman in Bosnia? You know, it's really interesting because um, I was born in Sarajevo, Bosnia, Mm -hmm. lived there until I was five. In 1992 is when the genocide started, the war on siege on Sarajevo and Bosnia started. How old were you? Five years old. Wow, when there was a war. Mm -hmm, That's when the war started there. And I think why my story is somewhat unique too is because Bosnian people are Caucasian, they're white. Mm. So oftentimes we pass. We pass because we're Ah. white. You know, our religion is Islam. The dominant religion there is Islam. But, you know, when you're traveling around the world and you look like the majority, you know, people say things and react to you not knowing what your life is. Wow. Or was or who you are. So in 1992... At the beginning of the war, my father, he was a bus driver for about 17 years. Mm -hmm. During the start of the war, he took out about three buses of women and children out of the country Mm. to like... Saving them? Saving them, bringing them to refugee camps. And then really the final bus that it was just getting so bad with shelling, bombs, snipers, you know. Could you hear these? Of course, Like, did you see them? Of course, yeah. So we were like in hiding in our basement. Do you remember this vividly Mm -hmm. to this day? Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that I remember. And one of my fondest, most bizarre memories, like earliest memories is my mom bought me some like white clogs. There's these like red, sorry, red clogs mm-hmm. with the wood on the bottom. It's yeah. like every kid gets them. And I remember like a grenade flew over our neighborhood Whoa. that same day and out, outside, like on the street, wow. playing with the kids, showing off my new shoes and a grenade like flew. Like, <sighs> you know, you hear it. Wow. What does it sound like? Oh, so loud, you know, like, like a whistle slash, wow. but it's just like, it's so scary. And then afterwards the big, you know, boom, Yeah, you just run to your house, not knowing, wow. but these are my memories, you know, wow. some of them. And then your like, childhood is in a war. Yeah. Yeah. Much of it. Wow. Both mental and, you know, mm. real war. I felt that shit. And then, um, there came a day when my dad said, okay, this is the last bus. I have to take all of you, get ready. So everyone in our neighborhood that was ready to leave mm-hmm. and people came because they knew that's where, you know, the bus was leaving. The night, I'll never forget this. My dad, you know, lined up all the women before because we had to go through the woods to mm. make it to where the bus is. Hi. I remember he said to all the women, take off all your jewelry off your ears off your fingers because if we get caught they're just gonna cut off your ears and fingers wow imagine hearing that as like wow a little kid 
as a five-year-old girl. As a five-year-old. That's just like one of, few of the memories. And then eventually we got Whoa. on the bus. We started to go. We had to go, I think, through Croatia or somewhere. So every time you go, at that point, we could still pass borders because it was early on. And, mm-hmm. you know. But what happened is a commander got caught, a Serbian commander got caught by the Bosnian army. Mm. Well, then the Bosnian army held hostage, like rows of buses that were trying wow. to pass, shoved us all into like a warehouse. You were one of the buses that mm-hmm. got caught. Wow. And we were held hostage, I think, for a little over a week. Holy God. And the women all hid my dad under like blankets and luggage so you know why the army was just taking men Men. and wow murdering them and doing torturing them wow so your dad was being hit by the woman Mm -hmm. thank god for women first and foremost yeah i mean women and men you know there's people that really are upstanders in life and i've experienced a lot of those so those are can i ask a question not to not to interrupt your mom, what was your mom like during this? So your dad is kind of like the hero I'm hearing in the story, right? Like he's saving literally lives. Yeah, I mean, and including others' lives, right? Yeah. My mom was our, our hero, you know, yeah. while dad was gone, driving saving buses the world. back yeah. and forth, bringing food back to the country from yeah. other countries. You know, mom was holding down the fort yeah. in our house. In our How many house, brothers and sisters? I have one brother and one sister. Okay. Love them dearly. Middle child? I'm the youngest. Oh, the baby. I knew that. I knew that, actually. I'm the baby slash wild one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've brought the most challenges, maybe, even to the family. But I don't think it's challenge. I think it's beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. So your mom was holding the fort down, mm-hmm. taking care of you guys, nurturing you through a war, mm-hmm. and making your life somewhat normal, I guess? How... I don't think there like, was a normal, yeah, like, you know, because nobody, none, no one expected that. No one believed it. Right. It's kind of like, oh, it's not going to get there. You know, the it won't rumor, get that bad. The rumors aren't real, mm. you know, and Sarajevo is almost like if you think of West Hollywood, yeah. the mountains around. Yeah. Well, Sarajevo is in the middle of surrounded by mountains. Wow. So that's why they say it's a siege because there's no place that people could escape. Mm. And the Serbian army was just around the top of the mountains, just throwing in grenades, snipers killing people, you know, even my brother and dad, you know, they were early on just sitting outside on the balcony and a sniper missed them. Two bullets, you know, went right over their head. So, I mean, a sniper doesn't miss. So either it was like he intentionally wanted to scare them but not kill them. Right. Or, you know, there's protection. Yeah. And it wasn't their day. Yeah. Either way, I'm glad it didn't happen. Thank God. The unfortunate thing, you know, is a lot of people are dead and Mm. have been murdered and the Mm. trauma... Mm. that has gone on in that country people are still healing from it holding on to the pain Mm. i think it will take generations and a new form of thought and trust and belief for even the racist sorry the ethnic groups to be able to work together again Mm -hmm. to see each other to trust each other and you know there's so much involved in that the psyche the politics the emotional trauma the resources there's it's a really unique history in that country and even if we go f- much further beyond it's something there's a lot of yeah that's heavy it's heaviness heavy. in the soil yeah you know but i i i want to get back to you mm-hmm. being sheltered and stuck and held hostage yeah what what what's happening there like what what's going on what are you what are you feeling do you remember yeah yeah I remember some of it um I remember being in the bus right before they took us out and you know these men they have just their eyes showing and their Mm. mouth like in the movies like in the movies (sighs) and I was like oh mom look 
you know, it's Ninja yeah. Turtles. Yeah. And then the guy saw me and he like banged his rifle against the window. Wow. And it scared me so bad. Yeah. That I started cr- crying and like peed on my mom. And my wow. mom still talks about, you know, how she could Ooh. never get the stains out of the stress. And like she mm. still has it. So there's like all these things. That I never even thought about for a long time until I started writing about it. Yeah. You know, and some reports for school and things like that. And teachers would ask me, you know, this was supposed to be a real story of your life. You know, you can't just make things (laughs) up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I didn't. This is real. (laughs) And this is when you're in America. America teachers are like, what what is this kid writing about? Yeah, and even in Europe, you know, I think Europeans are a little more accustomed to immigrants because all the countries are so close together and people are always moving. Um, the thing is, like, nobody wants to leave their country. Mm. Think about Americans. Nobody wants to leave. It's a beautiful country. Yes. But imagine you have to. You have no choice. You have no choice. And, like, no no immigrant wishes their experience on Americans. Mm. They would love to be with their grandparents, their uncles, their aunts on land that they own. I just got chills. You know, I think people forget about that. They don't realize it because they don't have this conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. And it, they're scared of, you know, asking those yes. questions. They're scared of talking to someone that's not like them. Mm. But that's where I'd also like to break some barriers. And also, you know, I have cousins that have stayed through the war and then moved out after. Mm. Or cousins that still live there lived there during the war and still currently live there. Wow. Every single life was impacted by this war. Mm. I'm grateful for my path. Yes. You know, oftentimes, you know, I've, I thought, you know, gosh, should we have just stayed? Then I would have had my connected to my religion, connected to my culture, my language, my people. But my story is different. Like I was meant to live all these places and I was meant to come here. Yes. So eventually we got out of that um, hostage situation mm-hmm. because the army, the Bosnian army had to release the general. Wow. Because if they didn't, all these people would be murdered. All of them. You know, like so many people were murdered during the war, like just in Srebrenica, which is a specific sit- a small city in mm-hmm. Bosnia. Over 8,000 men and boys w- were killed. Wow. You know? And they're still discovering all these bodies. So every year there's the ceremony of burying, you know, they find bones in mass graves and Mm. things. Mm. So they put these bodies together and families are finally reunited with the body, not knowing where their son or where their father, where their grandfather was. And they do these burials every year as like a remembrance and also closure. Still to this day? Yeah, because they keep finding bodies everywhere. And these mass graves are being discovered, Mm. you know? So it's almost like a trigger, a reminder every year, but it's also healing. Yes. It's all about how we look at things in life. How you frame it. It's all a reframe. Mm -hmm. So that brought me to Slovenia at age five to seven. First of all, not speaking the language at Mm -hmm. age five. Mm -hmm. And then again at age seven when I moved to Germany. Wow. And then again at age 11. So there were these moments that I didn't speak. I was mute for about three to six months around my peers. Wow, because you literally could not communicate. No, because I didn't speak the language. Wow. So that, again, I've learned in my years currently that that is why... I get nervous yes. to speak that, you know, that little girl gets triggered. It's that inner child. You know. She and, was so impacted. And mm-hmm. she still lives in. Our inner child still lives in Oh, us. I love that little Beautiful girl. Beautiful little Amira <laughs> is still in there. She's my favorite. Let me tell you about this, too. So, like, at age five to seven, right, we lived on a vineyard. My uncle lives on a vineyard yeah. and runs a vineyard. And they own vineyards out there. And we live next to a forest. Mm. And I think that's where I found my voice, and it was yeah. almost through creativity. Yes. I would go and pick 
plants, flowers, press them, create things. That was my form of expression. Wow. So it was at that age when, you know, I would go back and think like, when did I start creating? Yes. When did I start becoming an artist? It was then. And you were at one with nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the truest essence of your soul at that mm-hmm. five. Wow. And I'm really connected to nature. You I are. Think I know that. nature has really supported me in yeah. my life. And I mean, I could look at a flower for an hour and just be like, in that's love. God right there. Yes. That's, you know, yes. that's the divine yes. spirit right here in this wow. little fruit. You know, like, let's go. Literally, <laughs> literally. And it's so beautiful that you can be so thankful for these moments in your in your life, mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. How beautiful is that? So you're in Slovenia, Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Slovenia. Slovenia. Yeah. Now you're in Germany. Now I'm headed to Germany. We left Slovenia because, so my dad has in the he's had alcoholism mm. that he's been bat he has battled yes <laughs> for over forty years. Wow, he's currently sober three years. Yeah, shout out to dad, man. So proud of him. Shout out to dad. I'm so happy for him. Whole family dynamic and ancestral wounds Mm. have been healed through him Mm. healing his alcoholism. Wow. So our entire family dynamic from just our immediate family to our aunts, uncles, also energetically. Yes our connection to our grandfathers, grandmothers, all of that has been healed, resolved. Ancestral lineage, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. And in thinking about listening to you and thinking about your father, I have so much compassion for him. Yeah, Look what this man has been through. Look what he's endured. Yeah. It makes sense that he needed something to hide. This trauma. Like, wow. And it's even more beautiful that he's able to come into this new life and stop Mm -hmm. this addiction and it transforms you your family himself he's a new man he says i'm living my life for the first time but we moved out of slovenia imagine you're seven hours or so i think it's about seven hours away from your family you had to leave them behind you hear all these stories Mm. of people getting murdered women Mm. raped killed children killed and this could be your mom and dad. This could be your brothers, sisters. That trauma. And then here you're eating off of Red Cross, you know, living in a room with all these people you don't know. Mm. You know, we we have always had such tremendous support by a community, by yes. family. Yes. That's always a big part of me now mm-hmm. is giving back in whatever way I can. Yeah. It's so, so important because you never know how much that little thing is impacting somebody. You know, I remember in Slovenia, a teacher gave me a Barbie doll, and I had no idea what a Barbie doll was. Mm. I didn't know how to dress it. Mm. But she loved me so much that she still asks about me this to this day. And I remember that moment. And when I visited back, you know, I told the people to send her my love, send her my greetings. I want to be that person for many people, mm. you know? Like, you are that person for me. Thank you. Honestly. <laughs> Likewise. And I can, I, can, I can affirm that you are that for many people. I've seen it. Thank you. And we'll get into her healing and the, your sacred ceremonies that you have, but you do. Yeah, so Germany, you, you know, moved to Germany because we couldn't. Slovenia was not good for my dad mm-hmm. and the alcoholism. There yeah. was abuse, you know, yeah. all these things happen there right. a lot. Wow. So my mom, being the warrior and the resilient woman that she is, she said, we need to leave. We must go. That's it. So we left. And going through the borders, we had a coyote, you know, transferring us from place to place. We'd have A coyote? They call call them that. What is is that? So that's a man or even a woman probably, that takes you through the borders illegally. Oh, it's like secret? like You know, like how currently they talk about all these... I think it's called coyote. I don't know. I've never heard of this. It's like the people that take yeah. immigrants through yeah. Mexico to America. Right. This is reminding me of American, like, enslaved times and when they're, like, underground and, like, escaping and, like, there's That's the people that is. were leading them to the That's freedom. That's what it is. Wow. That's what it is. So we would, you know, 
this is just the truth. Yeah. We would get out before the border, walk through the forest, meet the guy on the other side. Wow. You know, and then he, and we would, even in escaping Bosnia, we'd have to watch, be really quiet, only do it at night, make mm. sure that we are not loud, that if we hear bullets to go down. Yes. You know, in the other countries it was like at night be really quiet if you hear anyone stop and hide and then we'd meet him on the other side of the border somewhere and then keep driving this brought us to germany Mm -hmm. we were there going to school again no language yeah language barrier yeah you know people supported us in every way um then it came to a moment where we our visa expired in Germany and we had to leave the country. So either go back to Bosnia or keep going. Mm. Go wherever you go, but you got to go. Yeah, you got to <laughs> get the hell out of here. So Wow. We got a sponsor through my aunt in Minnesota. What a gift. <laughs> Thank you, aunt. Wonderful church. Yeah. You know, they sponsored us to come here for our safety, for, you know, a better life. And I was in America. I remember coming to New York. I had all these visions of what America looked like. How old were you? Eleven. Eleven. Did you guys fly? Flew. Yeah. Okay. What was what was your feeling landing? Do you remember that? Like, do you remember? Well, I remember I had to like get all the shots, you know. Oh yeah. I'm like, what? What what am I walking into? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to America. Vaccines. Get your vaccines. (laughs) But it's all good. It's all good. I landed, (laughs) and all I was wondering about is the Statue of Liberty. Wow. All I wanted to see was the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And not speaking any English, you know, I asked my taxi driver, no idea if he understood me or not. Right. Like, where's the Statue of Liberty? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> raising my hand to gesture, oh, you know, sweet. here. And the guy, I, th- I still remember, I mean, he was like Somalian or, you know, like Eritrean, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. And he had no idea what I was talking yeah. about. And I was frustrated. I'm like, how do you not know you yeah. live in America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we. I think we had to stay there. Like it was a long connection, connecting yeah. flight. So then we made it to Minnesota, and I had my beautiful cousin. We were like two peas in a pod, yeah. you know. Like we grabbed each other's hand. We still have a photo of that, and we were inseparable. Mm. You know, oh, she's sisters. My, she's my little sister. You yeah, know? I've. I love her to the bottom of my heart. What a gift you guys are to each other. Yeah. And yeah. are still for each other. Yeah. And we're like growing up together, yeah. going through all You guys these... the same age? Or she was a little younger? She's two years younger oh, Okay. Than that's me. great. That's mm-hmm. great. Love her. Love the whole family. So we lived with her mom and mm-hmm. them. So it was nine of us in a one bedroom apartment wow. for a few months. And then, you know, wow. eventually we made it to our own apartment. We lived in the same building. Yeah. So now how does this happen? Because I'm ignorant of this. So you're all living in this building. Now your parents have to find work. Mm-hmm. How? They started working at Sam's Club. Oh. Yeah, my dad worked in the tire department. My mom worked in the bakery. My wow. brother worked in the pizza department. Yes. You know, like, you just, you do what you have to do. You figure it out. You know, and my parents are like, you know, we wish we would have taken English courses, but mm. we really had to work yeah. because we had to make sure there was food on yeah, the table. You had to provide. To pay the bills. Yeah. They weren't capable. They didn't have the time to learn mm-hmm. English. So then as us, as kids, we were always translating for them, right? Wow. And then there's like a little bit like... Oh, I'm so sick of translating. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But I want to be with my friends. But I go and I go to doctors and meetings mm-hmm. and translate all these documents. Yeah, it's a lot of foreign kids go, go through that. But the thing is, no matter how frustrated you get with your parents and stuff, it's part of it. And I feel like as kids, we're not aware of what our parents are doing for us at that moment. Mm-hmm. We're not aware that. They don't have the time to learn because they're working all damn day long just to give us food, to put clothes yeah, on our back. Yeah. You know, it's not till later that we really realize like, you know, mom and dad really sacrificed for us. And something that I've learned that I keep te- 
sharing with people is yeah. our parents are responsible for us until the age 18. Yes. After 18, you cannot hold a single thing against them. Mm. They're their own people going mm-hmm. through their own experience. Mm-hmm. My parents have just constantly fought for us, yes. constantly sacrificed their own needs mm-hmm. and their own dreams for us. You know, and now, just now, they're choosing themselves. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah wanting to go back to their own country yeah i'm like absolutely i support this fully let's go whatever needs to be done will be done yeah you know come on wow (laughs) it's time for you to live your life yeah so i finished um college in minnesota okay so you learn english Oh, yeah. You learn English. How'd you learn English? Because I don't understand how y'all do that, first of all. Because in Spanish class, they're like, put on the Spanish telenovelas and you'll learn how to speak Spanish. I used to do that shit and it did not help me. It didn't help me. I think I learned through Jerry Springer and Mari. You are not the father. And Pops. Really? Those are the shows we watched. I mean, I just remember watching... I remember watching Maury and all the cartoons. This is wild. And school, you know, yeah. school is everything. Wow. I remember too coming to American school and like not speaking the language, yeah. but like math, everyone understands Numbers. math. I remember um, the course that were subjects that we were learning about. I learned in third grade and this was fifth grade mm. in America. I'm like... Wow. That's weird. Yeah. It's slow. But I was like proud I knew all yeah. the things, but I'm like, huh. Yeah. So that That's cool that you have that perspective. Also like perspective on American yes. educational yes. system. That's... I think there's a lot of work to be done mm-hmm. in America. I agree with you. You know that there's so much. Yeah. That's that can be a whole That's other. a whole other podcast. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I graduated in college with Two bachelors, ethnic wow. studies and psychology. Okay, hold on. Let, let's not get to college yet because there's still so much I want to figure out. So, <laughs> because a lot of Americans don't go to college, a lot of immigrants don't go to college. Mm-hmm. So you go through high school, and you're graduating high school. I know you're a smart, bright woman. I know how hard you work. So, I know that you're you're studying, and I know you're being your best, Elmira. If you guys will know her after you finish this podcast. You'll be like, yeah, she's an angel. So when did you say, I want to go to college? Was it a dream? Was it like the American dream to you as a young girl from Bosnia? Was college like a, a moment? Or was it like, I just want to go to college. I want to keep expanding. Keep expanding. So for me, um, I started working at 16, mm-hmm. you know, and everything that I did, I paid for. Mm. Whether it was volleyball or, yes. you know, all my money went to music, right? concerts, yeah. arts, jazz, um, any kind of dance, theater. That's where my passion yeah. was. That's where my money went. Yes. went. Looking cute. Yeah, know? I had that girl. <laughs> we always looking cute. <laughs> you know, the thing that's special about America, you have all the opportunities that you want to grasp mm. nobody's gonna stop you it's no. all in your hands and i don't think people from america realize that coming from no. bosnia and like Ezin donatella they're on the podcast as well from albania mm-hmm. you guys don't even have the right or power to do things that you want to do in your own countries yeah you know over there people in bosnia especially people are so educated beyond educated wow. they're so intelligent their educational system is so strong mm. Like, I will, in, in college, I would go back and visit these kids in high school would read books beyond college level. Like, if you wow. think Ivy League or, you yeah. know, like, the words were so complicated. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you know what this means? And they're yeah. like, well, we have to. Otherwise, we won't make it. Yeah. But the problem there is getting careers, getting jobs. Everything is pretty much ten times harder to get. Why? politics corruption you know you have to pay somebody to get a job you have to have an in wow you know and there's not an entrepreneurial mindset Mm. everything is set there yes if you're gonna try to open your own business then you got to be very aware of your competition of you know wow there's a lot of scarcity mentality there's a lot of fear and also not enough expanders that are showing women Mm. It's starting to. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The things TV and internet are one of the best inventions. Yes. You know, I hold that as like something that's really good for us. Yeah. 
with all the achiness that is there, it has done so much good. Right. People have seen things that are happening around the world that are unjust. It's connected us. Connected us. Honestly, I can speak to my family around Europe at any moment. Mm Mm-hmm free yeah literally (laughs) wi-fi thank you it used to be so expensive even to just communicate um so yeah for me personally i love learning yes and i knew my story was i'm not a complacent person right you know i marriage or yes i want it but not at that time right right i wasn't the woman that was going to get married at yes 18 23 22 i was more interested in a career yeah that's so cool but was your mom and dad like we want you to get married is that bosnian tradition there is this thing of like you know marry a bosnian we really want you especially in that beginning yeah i mean my sister got married i think at 21 wow. you know my brother they followed yeah the rules, tradition. but yeah. it was their choice yeah you know my parents are not they were really strict yeah. then, especially on my sister. But the first ones always I, trust me. I know I was the first one. I, God, I, I kind of did my own thing as much it's as it's always I- easier <laughs> for the younger ones. It's so messed up, man. I'm telling you, we're the <sighs> guinea pigs. The older ones get it the hardest. Yeah, but we lay it out for you, so we take it. Yeah, it's I, so cool. That's so cool I to think see that dynamic. So. I think you guys really do. I think it's a sacrifice yeah. that the older siblings do, but yeah. it's also like you do as much as you know. Yeah, and for me, and all that we can. I was exposed to so many people, so many opportunities. That's so cool. I started modeling and like traveled mm. around the U.S., so that was my exposure to different environments. That's so New York, cool. Dallas, Atlanta, yes. Florida. You know, and I, that opened my mind thinking, well, I don't have to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. It's cold as fuck here in <laughs> And honestly, I get seasonal depression. I'm not a That's cold real. baby. I hate being cold. Yeah, I do too. And for me, like I would work from 7 to 4.30. Mm-hmm. Sometimes driving to work would take like two hours based on what kind of storm is happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would Snow drive life. to St. I'd work in Minneapolis, go to St. Paul, mm-hmm. which is like a 15, 20 minute drive. But again, a storm will have you two hours, yeah. hour stuck. and a half. Literally driving, stuck. stuck. And then I'd be in school till 1030, mm. then drive home an hour, hour and a half. This was my life for like five years. Wow. And then I realized, you know. I want to keep learning. Hell yeah. Let me check out California. Hell yeah. First I thought, let me move to Texas because I knew Texas from like the jobs that I did there. And I'm like, the people are amazing. The opportunities are great. You know, mm-hmm. easy living. Mm-hmm. I could afford to live here. Right. Very nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I came to California on a birthday and I had an old friend of mine, you know, she showed me the ropes. and The magic of Cali, baby. As soon as I landed, I'm like, my soul was, mm. it, it was like, Home. this is it. Yeah. It, I didn't even, all I did was drive off from LAX <laughs> and it was like, you're home, darling. Yeah. So and this is after you graduated college. This, the trip was right before. Okay. I finished my last class in college, mm-hmm. had a job in Atlanta, told them to book my flight from El- Minneapolis to Atlanta, did the job, and I said, book it from Atlanta to L.A. So... Ah, so in your gut, you knew you weren't going back to Minnesota. And if I wasn't going to do it then... When were you? And then, you know... For- I love that. Take them risks, baby. Yeah, and for my family... Oh, I live for that. <laughs> for my family, was I shook the family tree mm. you know we've been through all these things yeah we traveled all these countries we held on to each other yes. we protected each other you know even my work they're like why would you leave don't you have everything you know hearing this from women and yeah. like my family my parents didn't believe it until my car got shipped they're like oh shit she's, <laughs> she's really, really going and it was really hard yeah my mom had like an anxiety attack, kind of, you know, ended up. In I can understand hospital. why. Hospital, yeah. My dad, you know, they both cried for days and like. You're their baby, Elmira. And I'd be, I'd be crying if you left me now. And I'm not your mom or your dad. Honestly. You. <laughs> wow. And the thing is, like, I told him, like, I'm your child. 
Yeah. You left your parents to suit a better life yeah. when they got married. Of course I'm going to leave. That's so bold of you. I was like, this isn't it for me. So I moved to California thinking I was going to go to graduate school mm-hmm. to become an art therapist. Okay, so hold on. So what did you graduate from in college? Uh, Metro State. It's a college in Minnesota. Okay. And your degrees were? Ethnic studies. Because mm. I really wanted to work with people that have gone through trauma yes. of different ethnicities, How races, beautiful. you know, war crimes, yeah. um, you know, post-traumatic. PTSD, yeah. Yeah, like that was my focus. So I interned with World Without Genocide for mm. three years. And the thing is, as you've like, for me, as I've grown up with so much of seeing people's, you know, dark side. Trauma, yeah. And also studying about it for so long. Mm. And also speaking to people that have gone through the experience. We're, we're talking Holocaust and Bosnian wow. and Armenian and African, mm. you know, all these, like, genocides that have occurred in the world. It was a lot. Yeah. All the books, it was too much. Heavy. I'm like, can I be the best woman? mm and do the work and come home to my family and my husband and be the best woman. And the answer was no. Yeah. Because when you see all the things that people do to each other, it's really, really heavy. So I moved towards being an art therapist to work with kids and families because mm. there's nothing more I love than kids. Yes. So then um, to get into Loyola Marymount, you yep. have to have like a year of studio sessions. Ah. In college. Yeah. So I went back to school. And all I did was take art classes. For a year. Mm-hmm. Mind. Oh. And I didn't mind that because yeah. I wanted to pay the in-state tuition yep. and get my roots settled yeah. in. Through this whole time, I worked in finance for mm-hmm. a tech startup company. Uh-huh. And I realized, I'm like, huh, I don't think art therapy is a thing for me. Plus, back to the American educational system, mm. I don't want to pay $60,000 per Sorry. year. <laughs> wow, you're so right. I've paid off my college debt as I worked, you know? Yeah. So I wouldn't have that debt. And I did that because I thought, okay, graduate school, I'm going to have to pay for it. It's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. And then everything changed. I took the art classes and realized this is it. And eventually let go of the finance career, mm, which I was in for over right. 10 years, 10, 11 years. Then moved into slowly moving into my art business. I had an online art gallery. Would do pop-up art exhibits. Time out. Time out. <laughs> Time out here because I'm just sitting here like, hold, hold the phone. Hold the phone. So... I'm going to pause you because you're such a woman of resiliency and you're such a woman of of risk. You're a risk taker. And I think that's so cool and it's innate in you. And I, I, I think I want to explore this with you on another episode, how that was created inside of you. And I think it has to do with your childhood of course. and the environment that you lived in. Nothing can fucking scare you after mm. you live in a war. No, not nothing a, can. Not a person, not a thing. Yeah. You know, it's all part of the experience. And I tell a lot of women and men, yeah. I think men are asking yes. important questions currently. And I say, you have to understand that you chose your family mm-hmm. and the life experience that you went through, it all brought you to this moment. And yes. your choices will bring you to the next moment. Yes. The next. Just keep learning. And taking the best out of everything and bring it to your next step. Mm. You know, did I want to work for Wells Fargo? No. Did I want to work in finance? No. Girl, I work for Dunkin' Donuts. I work for Target, you know. But like, I met the most incredible people, family. I'm talking, they were a family for me over and over again. In every single job, these people are incredible. It's the beauty of life. And then you find yourself. Yes. You know, and I honestly, it was hard financially living alone for the first time. Yeah. Trying to pay bills. Yes. You know, when I've never paid rent before, I went to paying $1,400 a month. On your own. Plus expenses of food and living. And then I started selling greeting cards Mm. to help pay for bills. I would paint these greeting cards and sell them. Here's a moment of not being scared. 
I did a workshop for like five days where you face your trauma and you work on your goals and what you want in your career mm-hmm. at the same time. Ooh. It was this program that no longer exists, but it really was a big shift for me. Yeah. And it was like a thousand dollars, which I obviously couldn't yeah. pay. And they're like, well, figure it out. What can you do? The question always was, well, what can you do to serve somebody? What can you do to pay for this? What can mm. you, you know, like we have so many tools in us. You're not tools, poor. baby. You've tools. got your mind, you've got your hands, you've got, you know, you've got all these tools to create your own mm-hmm. life. So you brought, I was so scared. I'm like driving out of my job and I have, I sold these Valentine's Day cards yeah. to all my coworkers. Mm-hmm. I love them for <laughs> supporting me. <laughs> And then I had like maybe 10, 15 cards left. I'm like, well, I need this money. What am I yeah. going to do? I'm at this stoplight and there's a flower shop that I pass every day. I'm like, I'm just going to bring them in there. I was so scared. And like the thought came, well, even if they say no, what do you have to lose? Nothing. nothing. Yes, nothing. And I think that's that question that everyone should ask themselves. Mm. What do you have to lose? And for me... For being, you know, from Sarajevo, having so many near-death experiences, Mm. even some other ones, that didn't happen. And all the choices that I had made to get to this point of living in one of the most beautiful places in America... What do I have to lose? Nothing. Oof. I go in. I feel that. The whole thing happens perfectly. The guy sells the cards in two days. You wow. know, it's Valentine's Day. They absolutely love one of a kind painted greeting cards. I still worked at my finance job, so I would get other artists involved. Mm. They would paint greeting cards for me. So now you're harnessing this artist world. Mm-hmm. Now you're you're taking that year to to get that year of... The studying the art to get to go to Loyola. Now you're harnessing the artist. Now you're harnessing this woman, this passion, this journey that you are right now, currently, at this moment, to go to Loyola to become an art therapist. Mm -hmm. And in this time, you're becoming. Mm -hmm. And you're creating the space for artists. Mm -hmm. And you're becoming the Elmira that I know now. And... I think it's so cool. Like, I'm thinking about this journey. I'm like, wow. Thank God Loyola made you take that year to get that studio time. Because you wouldn't be this incredible artist that you are today if it wasn't for that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's cool. I would. My first art exhibit was in Santa Barbara. Did one in LA after that. And a few other small ones. But I quickly realized I have a lot to learn. Yeah. Eventually, at somewhere in that, I lose the financial job. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing, yeah. grateful, but also a big shift. Also, because, fuck finance. It's so hard. And also, like, you know, I lost that paycheck. Yeah. I, I lost that family. Yeah. That was the hardest part. Yeah. You know, these people that I really thought love. were love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, over time. You build that community. That startup became a real, com- like, big yeah. company. So then a lot of that family aspect yeah. kind of drifted away. But... Again, perfect timing, perfect moment. I had a few months of like, you know, I really think I was in depression for six to eight to 12. Who knows how long that was, but it felt like forever. Yeah. But that also needed to happen for me to cocoon out of all old patterns. Do you believe like the, I believe the darkest times bring us the lightest times absolutely right so like you're in this depression and i feel like as artists we go through this so much these Mm -hmm. dark times but then you become reborn after the work and Mm -hmm. fighting these shadows and then you you create these masterpieces Mm -hmm. i thank god i have one of your masterpieces in my living room today but it's so cool you know and that we're talking that was four years ago three how old were you three four years ago so 30. Yeah. It was in my 30s. And yeah. now we're at 33. Yeah. Turning 34 in a couple of months. So I, I started working with galleries. Yeah. I helped them do art fairs around America. Time out. When did you, <laughs> when did you know you wanted to be an artist? When did you know? At when that did moment Amira say, in the school. 
when you were at school, when yeah. you were taking that year off to do studio time, you were like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, because it was one of the realest moments of me being authentic. And mm. that moment of me being able to express my thoughts through an object, yeah. you know, a sculpture, a yeah. painting. Yeah. And I really loved the people that I was around and there was nothing like it. Wow. And that's empowering. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. And um, that led into, I spent a lot of money on like trying to create a gallery yeah. and, you know, representing artists. So I needed to learn a lot. Yeah, so right. I started with working with a gallerist mm-hmm. who's one of my biggest teachers mm. and for many reasons. And now I've worked with him almost three, over three years. Yeah. And... I've learned a lot. Yeah. And now I'm stepping even more into my artistry and also art dealing. You know, I really have a lot to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to... The art gallery, mm-hmm. first of all. When I think of art gallery, I think of like the movies. It's very intimidating. It's very mm-hmm. posh. It's very clean. You're kind of walking in and it's kind of like... Not snooty, but a little snooty. A little You bit. know, it's a little yeah. snooty depending on what city you're in. Yeah. And... It's kind of like I don't know much about this world, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really intrigued to and like yeah. dive into this with you. So, as an art gallery, what do you call yourself? An art gallerist? An art dealer? I'm a dealer. An art or dealer. Art consultant. Art consultant. I do hold my home as my gallery space, yes. which is you- she has the most beautiful fucking <laughs> home ever. By the way, if you want to rent it, you can. Just saying, it's beautiful. You probably should. Hey. <laughs> Come to my art temple. It's a temple and it's mm. sacred. I can I can affirm that for sure. Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't feel snooty in there. <laughs> no, your place isn't snooty. Your place is this free, beautiful place, but you've made that. Mm-hmm. And normal spaces where we go no. to on the streets of like in Melrose or in New York City, it's they're very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you have to understand that it's a business. Yeah. And there's different levels of galleries. Yeah. You know, we blue chip and you know all these like different levels of galleries right you kind of do your research and you know what you're walking into right and they have to hold up a standard Mm. you know when you walk into a ferrari store it's going to be different than a toyota yes completely so it's kind of like hum getting knowledgeable about like what kind of art you're into what sparks joy for you what kind of finances do you want to invest in that so i think we could save another podcast to really dive into yes art dealing how to start collecting um what is important yeah because you know as a woman I love art, mm-hmm. but sometimes I've been walking into these spaces up here and I'm like, how much you want me to pay for this? And it's like a black painting of just black splashed paint. <laughs> it's and it's, it's wild. I remember in Chicago, I went to this beautiful art exhibit, but I was so like in awe of some of the simplicity of this art and the expense of the art. It was so expensive. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, I could do that shit. <laughs> But it's so much more than that. Yes. And that's what I want to learn. I feel like there's so many of us that don't have that knowledge. I've never, I never educated myself on it. Let's dive really deep into that. Yeah. Whatever painting you're purchasing or sculpture or work of art, you have to know that you're not just buying the object. You're Mm. buying the years and years of craftsmanship that the artist has put into it. Yes. If you're going to start working with an investor, a builder, you're not just buying that one-time service. You're buying that experience that they've built up for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 wow. years to get to that point. So it's almost like your hourly pay, your daily fee, mm. it increases over the years. And your value and your finesse and your you've simplified your expression to one line. Wow. And that's where wow. art, artists have made it when they've... First of all, artists are incredible. Most wonderful people. I, they're my best. favorite. The best. <laughs> Literally. But what's special is when an artist has found their message, has found their mm. voice. And oftentimes that becomes so simplified. Yeah. 
you know, that people don't understand it, but they don't understand it because they haven't investigated. They haven't wow. really gotten to know that material, mm. the brain, the soul yes. of the artist, what they're expressing, what subjects are they covering? You know, are they talking about politics? Are they talking about self? Are they talking about the environment? Ooh. You know, it's whatever you're interested in. Yeah. That's the kind of artist you're looking for. I love that. There's so much juice. There's mm-hmm. so much meat to this. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, <laughs> and like, I'm literally being like in my head, you t- saying all this, I'm like, yeah, you're so right. Uh-huh. It's an accumulation over time. Yeah. And people, I work a lot of art fairs. So just last year I worked nine art fairs. Around. Yeah the u.s so i meet a lot of people i as a psychologist psychologist in training you know i look watch the body behavior the language the words that they use and you know people will come up to me and they say how about i let's say something's thirty thousand dollars they say i'll give you 15 and i'll ask them i'll say you know how about what's your salary Mm. can i cut your salary in half for Mm. the year And then they get this switch. It's not about, like, what you think it's worth. The artist and the gallerist and the market, the art market, will decide how much the Mm. artist's work is worth. Wow. Not you. You. You are not going to challenge. You can only decide your own worth. Yes. You know, and hey, baby, if you can afford it, you can afford it. If you can't, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And wow. there's art for everybody. There's yeah. artwork for four hundred dollars yes. that can be a beautiful investment. Yes. That even if it's your sole investment yeah. and it just feels good, and there's art that's you know four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Wow. There's a reason why it's four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. But the beauty about the art world too, it covers everything. It's passionate. It's fantastic. It's also corrupt and shady. Mm. There is drama. There is publicity stunts, you know. That's in all the worlds right now, too. And also, it's a wonderful investment for people. You know, the thing that why I find art the most important thing in the world, if we think about over the hundreds of years, the things that have surpassed and survived humans is books art, sculpture, knowledge, Mm. these things that are beyond our years. They're intangible. Intangible. And an artist and an object of art is the closest thing to spirit, in my opinion. Mm. And that's why it Mm. holds such importance and such protection. Yeah. It's powerful. It's so powerful. It's our history. It's our documentation of our resources, our knowledge, our time period. (laughs) There's so much symbolism in this. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of art. And through all of this, I really found my practice of spirituality. Yes. And that also comes from that time of depression. Yes. You know, I needed to change my life from partying and yes. working and hustling. But that's a part of the art world too. And I feel like that's part of like my creative world. Mm-hmm. I was in the party scene. Yeah. I was drinking all night, partying on, <laughs> dancing on every damn table in Miami I live. You know? Yeah, we've all been there. And we have to get into that depression and break to find ourselves mm-hmm. again. I want to actually talk about your healing space on another mm-hmm. podcast because I want to have you and Yvonne together because oh, I love that. just so you guys know Yvonne My has yes these two really put on some powerful ceremonies that actually have changed my life honestly and truly so I want to thank you thank and you. I think having them both on in a future podcast you'll really feel the power and you'll really understand what they do as healers especially for women mm-hmm. and they introduced me to these women's circles and I actually beg them now every month to have it <laughs> and I'm like hey uh it's one moon I'm coming over <laughs> because it was so powerful it's so powerful to me so I want to save your healing yeah. powers and your healing story and the journey of how you're really impacting and empowering women and mm-hmm. your spiritual powers. My angel, I want yeah. to save that and have you and Yvonne, our other soul sister, on a podcast together and really explore that. Yeah, really let's talk about that um, because we'll provide tools and yes. guidance and what you can do to yes. get to this place yes. of living your truest life, your happiest mm. life. And, you know, it's not that hard. It's just and, tools. It's having the tools and know, learning the tools. Yeah. And we're examples of how to get there. And 
You're so right. I say this all the time. I have this podcast so you don't have to go through what I've been through. Yeah. And even we can help they, you. Yeah, and even if they do, that's yeah. all right. It's a journey. It's your we journey. You. It's your path. <laughs> and we can help you. And we can help you get out of this depression faster. We can maybe give you tools, give you guides, mm-hmm. be a mentor for you to guide you out of these dark times that we have all endured. Yeah. I want to For me that's just I love sharing that because it's been so impactful in my yes. life. And you know, as easy as do yoga, do a little <laughs> meditation, mm-hmm. a little kundalini, go to a garden, have some herbal medicine, you know, like I have all these tools that have worked. It's deeper too. And I'm still using them yeah. to this day, you know. It's and, a practice. Yeah. People have to understand this is a practice. To be able to be in a space of happiness and abundance and love, it's practice. It's kind of like these artists and these galleries. This, the galleries isn't a word. These galleries. Galleries. Oh, the galleries. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes them over time to build this value of $400,000 for one piece. That's right. It babe. takes us <laughs> humans over time, 30, right. 32, 33 years to build this world of love and passion and Mm -hmm. force that we are embodying that we're still working on it's Mm -hmm. this it's this forever practice yeah yeah my dad has this saying you don't stop which i'm sure many people say you don't stop learning until you're under the ground Mm. and i never want to stop learning i'm with you sister you know and i'm happy to share what i know i'm always available yes you know like we said earlier, we did a practice. I'm ready. Yes. I'm available yes. for all that is meant for me and mm. for all that will serve the greater good. Let that be their mantra this week, ladies. <laughs> Can you say that one more time, Mira? I'm ready. I'm available for all that is meant for me and for all that is for the greater good. Mm. Start your mornings off with that because it'll be so powerful. Before we wrap, I need to highlight you as an artist you are an incredible artist. I want to talk about your medium. I want to talk about she's this this path that you're on right now. You're selling. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing you call me and say somebody just purchased a piece. <laughs> it's so exciting. I, I'm grateful that I got to purchase a piece of yours. Thank um, you. I appreciate you. You're an artist. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think you'd be selling this amount of work at this point of your life? Like when you started working as an artist... Yes. You knew. Yes. And I can even tell you more than that. I see, I'm really connected to the spiritual realm and I've received messages that I'll hold dear to my heart forever. And I can tell you that my artwork will be at the top galleries in the world. I've been told, I know, you know, like I'm just so connected to Mm. that truth and I hold it so close to my heart. Yes. But I'm enjoying the journey. I'm so proud of you. You know, we're talking from selling $10 gift cards to now selling, you know, five to $10,000 paintings. Yes. And I absolutely love those $5 cards <laughs> yeah. and that $100 paintings, yeah. which I still sell. I have, yeah. you know, paintings for three, $400. Yeah. But they're just as important, as special as the other ones. Yeah. What it happens is I connect to spirit. I meditate i set up my space to to become a channel what's your medium acrylic mm. and then i also use a lot of earth elements so yes. i'll make rose powder i'll, I'll use crystals sand mm. shells um things from like the earth that would be discarded yeah. i turn it into a sculpture she Is has it? one <laughs> sculpture in her house right now it's so beautiful just an fyi can we shout out restoration hardware because you i'm gonna put this in the universe hey. restoration hardware your amara sculptures will be in your store i love it so soon thank you thank you wow so yeah that's my medium i you know, really set intentions into my paintings. I'll meditate and really set up the space, my body, my mind to mm. be there with it. Yeah. And then it just becomes the flow yeah. and the energy in the house is flowing. Mm. Paint is splattering crystals. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you just imagine, music is playing. Oh. There might be a glass of wine that yeah. I kind of wind down with. Mm. Um and then once the painting feels complete, I'll charge it with Reiki. 
Yeah. So Reiki is the source coming through my body. I feel it in my hands and I charge intentions into the painting. Mm. I spray herbal mists on there to really infuse it with even more love. And then overnight, I just let it dry while I play high vibrational music. Wow. You know, spiritual music, binaural beats that focus on that subject that I'm bringing into this painting. Mm. So what happens is when it ends up in somebody's home, it almost becomes a portal. So every time you look at it, it might trigger a little something. You know, it's almost like planting seeds in someone's home. Oftentimes, people buy the painting and it's exactly in alignment to what they're going through in their mm. life or what they're seeking yes. in their life. I can affirm that's true. Mm-hmm. The painting that I bought from you, it's resilience. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite word. Mm-hmm. And that's been the defining moments of my life has been because of resilience. Yeah. And I feel that. I remember when I walked into your your place and I saw this and you explained <laughs> it to me. And I was like, yeah, obviously, this is resilience. <laughs> like, obviously, I need this. It's true. It aligned with me in like such a deep level. And then the story underneath mm-hmm. the painting that you shared mm-hmm. with me, I was like, wow, obviously it's from a bullfighting magazine that you found from this dope ass powerful woman yeah, that yeah. inspired you to create this. Like that's fucking me, bro. Absolutely. That's, and now I get to have you and your power and your sacredness hanging mm. inside of my house and I can feel it. It's a gift. And it's almost like we're tied in a way, right? Yeah. For me, I'm not tied to my paintings. There are very special paintings, but I'm just the creator. Mm. You can't be an author and hold on to your book for years and years and years until you... No, that's silly. Share with the world. You can write another book. You can paint another painting. Just keep... Creating, yeah, creating, stay in the flow, baby. That's the key to life. And I think what's unique too is I, as an artist and a dealer, I see both sides Mm. and I can understand artists and I understand the buyer, yeah, you know, and I don't rush the process because everything ends up exactly as it's meant to, and just like life, yes. You just have to be. And that's why people don't understand the idea of patience as a virtue. Mm -hmm. And I'm just learning the power of that. Mm -hmm. And as a dealer, too, you have to be patient. Yes. And if you truly believe that someone deserves a painting or a piece of art. Yeah. If they're ready for it, they're going to get it. Yes. Because there's always a way. Yeah. If they're not ready for it and their mental or emotional is not in alignment with mm-hmm. that moment, mm-hmm. you it's not the time. can't hold on yeah. to it that yeah. much. Somebody else will come yeah. around and buy it in a second. Wow. Same thing with artists. You know, you have to be ready to let go of your own work. Yeah. That's a huge moment for many artists, you know, because there's it's a part of them yeah. that they're sharing yeah. with the world. Yeah, it's their baby. Mm-hmm. It's their creation. But for me, it's so special when people I don't even know, you know, in Florida, and I've had some work go to, like, China and stuff, and friends follow my stories since, like, high school, you know, and the impact it makes in their lives, and, you know, you know, I painted a painting after my first solo trip in Hawaii, Mm. and it's called Journey, and it smells like Hawaii, the waves, Mm. everything, and the Hawaiian spirit is in this painting, and a couple in Florida, I feel like the city's called, like, Sunshine or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, (laughs) and they bought it, and they sent me a beautiful email thanking me and telling me it reminds them of Hawaii. Wow. Now, these are these things wow. that, you know, you get confirmations from yes. spirits, from people that wow. tell you, like, you know, you're on the right path. There's angels supporting you with there angel is. numbers, with gifts, with people yes. that tell you just the right thing at the right time. And you have to be open and available to receive. Because mm-hmm. there's messages all around us at all times. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so thankful that you've come into my life. You're such an expander for me. Thank You're you so, so beautiful much. inside and out. And I want to support you and your journey. And it's fun to fly to together and dance to be together <laughs> and shine together. Yvonne had messaged me the other day on Instagram something, and I was like sisters for life we ride together we shine together yeah i feel like that's going to be like our motto yeah we ride together we shine together 
You have to know, Eve, here's like one little thing from finance that I've learned that I'll hold in my yeah. heart forever. I used to transfer millions of dollars every single morning mm. for five years. Mm. That's a lot of millions. <laughs> for five years. Yeah. Hell yeah. And like imagine just that little realization of how much money there is in this world. Yes. Never limit yourself yes. to the hourly pay that someone else mm. thinks you deserve. Mm. Never limit yourself to, you know, asking for what you want. There's so much money. There's so much power just, in what you said. I'm just, so proud. Just tap into it. Thank you for letting the listeners <laughs> hear that. Because I know there's so many of us listening right now and they're like, oh, I needed to hear that. That was a message. Mm -hmm. And I hope everybody listening to right now received that message and can face themselves and look at themselves and hear that and take a risk. Because yeah. you are, wow, like your story and your journey that you shared with us today, you are resilience. You are power. You are strength you are such an embodied woman and i i know so much more that everybody else will learn more on the our next podcast together but i'm proud of you where can people find your paintings where can they buy them go on my website so my full name is elmira lilich so e-l-m-i-r-a-l-i-l-i-c.com yes and they can purchase through your website just send me an email yeah and we'll i used to have it Available to purchase on the website, but that got too messy. Yeah. So just give me a call, email me, and I'll take care of you. And I also do commissions. Okay. So those are custom paintings. You know, we talk, we look at the space that you're looking mm. at. All my paintings range from 2500 to 10000 based on size, Great. on material. You know, I'm, it's really... it's Commissions are challenging part for artists yeah. because we really have to get to know the person mm. we have to look at their house feel out their vibe yeah you know and really still stay true to our message and what we do and not wear off wear yeah off of that mm -hmm. so it's this finding this balance between what we do and who we are creating for that's beautiful but it's almost even more yeah unique and special because that's cool no one will have that no, ever custom painting one of one baby mm -hmm. and i think this is the perfect way to finish you are one of one Aww, your I story is going to inspire so many i'm so proud of you for stepping into your voice mm -hmm. and sharing your story because yo i know all the listeners are like wow when they see this beautiful Amira is so beautiful, this long, blonde, curly hair. Her body's like long and model-esque and just stunning angel. You would Thank have never you guessed you've been through a war. Yeah. Like you would have never guessed all these things. So this is why, girl, we got this is here. Mm -hmm. We've all been through it. Mm -hmm. Some of us more than others, but we can't compare our traumas. We've all no. experienced different journeys in life. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your truths. And I'm proud of you. And I'm thankful that you're in my life, that you mm -hmm. shared your story with my sisters on the podcast. And I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for, you know, encouraging us to spread mm. our voice, to spread our message. For mm -hmm. so long, we've been quiet yeah. and scared to share, yes. you know, and I think it's those vulnerable things that we are most scared to share. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to all the good things that are to come in our lives. Yes. You know. I'm available. I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm available. available. I'm ready. <laughs> There's going to be round two, episode two with Elmira and Yvonne. I cannot wait for you guys to hear her spiritual journey, her healing journey. She's healed me in many different ways. So, girl, as you know, with Elmira and I, we got this. We got this. We got this. Girl. We got this. And we're here for you. Always. <laughs>